Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. And he has to fight himself with a burnt face. That's true, you've done that one before, would you believe? Yeah, I know, I know. I has to go to war with him, actually. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. And the only spoiler of that movie I can remember. Well, that's true. There's heaps more that you could have spoiled, but I guess you're a nice man. And you haven't said what movie you're spoiling because that's your, you know, that's the honour of the Matty D mm. character. Mm. So what we do on this show, if you're not familiar, is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. Then when the movie comes out, it's already out as this episode <laughs> has been released, we go and see it and see how close we got to predicting it. As is standard, we record all of our episodes in advance, so there's been no actual plot details leaked at this stage for this movie, but we like to keep our honour, we like to not cheat on this show, at least not anymore. (laughs) And so, we're going into this movie completely blind, but if you want to see it, you can go and see it right now. So, you can listen to this episode, go in and compare it to the actual movie, and you'll have your own little, what the fuck am I talking about? I think what you're saying, Kieran, is that you feel free to listen to the episode, go in and watch the movie and enjoy the movie, or even watch the movie and come back and listen to our prediction to see how close we were to it. But be warned, we may have details that you might not know about, so there is a chance that we may potentially spoil it for you, thus that's where the title comes from. (laughs) Wow. We're great. So if you stuck around for that introduction, the rest of the episode is just going to be uphill. Yeah. It's only going to be an improvement from here on. So the movie that we're here to predict this week is Evil Dead Rise, which of course is the fifth movie in the Evil Dead franchise. So the Evil Dead franchise may be a lot bigger than a lot of people realise because it actually started off all the way back in 1978 with a short film called Within the Woods which starred uh, Bruce Campbell and was directed by Sam Raimi. I think they made it when they were still at university. So, I believe Sam Raimi was at film school and he made this short film just with, you know, his, his good friend Bruce Campbell. And I think there was a, another woman involved as well. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But it was a very bare bones version of the Evil Dead franchise that we know today. I haven't actually seen it. I was supposed to watch it for this episode, but completely <laughs> forgot until right now when I was looking at my notes. But- Apparently, the movie was so well received on like the independent movie circuit that it inspired Sam Raimi to make a bigger budget version of it, which of course became The Evil Dead, which was released in 1981. Now, originally in the script, it was called The Book of the Dead. Interesting. Which makes more sense if you think about it. But the producer of the movie was just like, books, that implies reading. No one goes to a movie to read. Just call it The Evil Dead. That'll drag audiences in. (laughs) The Evil Dead. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it makes sense if it was The Book of the Dead, since that's like the main cornerstone of this whole series. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, it's loosely based on H.P. Lovecraft's Necronomicon. It's basically the exact same plot to the point where I think they may have gotten in legal trouble at some point. Really? But I didn't look too deeply into that, so I couldn't speak too much to that either. I think one of the reasons that that first movie ended up becoming so popular was that uh, its praises was sung by Stephen King. If you look at the front cover of the the movie, or even I think it's even on the poster of the movie, I think Stephen King calls it one of the scariest movies he's ever seen. Wow. And that was great press for the movie because everyone was like, well, I got to see this movie now. Well, I mean, in the 80s, King was also like, King was the man. Yeah, absolutely. He was like on top of his book writing game. He wasn't on top of his filmmaking game since he made Maximum Overdrive, if you've ever seen that. Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. But then, of course, the movie was followed up by Evil Dead 2, which came out in 1987. It's probably the most famous of the Evil Dead franchise, and that one was massively popular. 
So much so that they created a third movie, Army of Darkness, which of course was very much aiming at a different audience, a more broader audience. So, of course, Evil Dead 2 was very much an R-rated horror movie with a lot of comedy elements in it. But then by the time Army of Darkness came out, it was more of like an action comedy with some horror elements. So very much like a reversal of where the series came from. Let's not forget that 1981's The Evil Dead was very much a straight horror movie with no real sort of comic aspects to it at all. Yeah, it kind of it, the genres changed over those three movies. Absolutely. Like that, it's wild that that happened. And then, of course, in 2013, we had The Evil Dead remake which was very much trying to bring the series back to its roots. Of course, it was directed by the same guy who did Don't Breathe, if you remember that guy. He did that before Don't Breathe. What was his name? Uh, Fetty Alvarez or something like that? You can't remember either. I can't remember, no. I'm just going off the top of my head here. But that movie, I saw it for the first time last year, and I thought it was really interesting because I was like, well, by this time, Evil Dead has sort of been established as a franchise that's known for sort of like over-the-top humor. Yeah. You know, a lot of over-the-top horror and then over-the-top comedy but then they're going back just to the over-the-top horror aspect and then uh, sort of stripping back the comedy. Which is a weird choice. It is a weird choice because I guess they're just trying to reboot it for a new generation and do their own thing. Because meanwhile, on the other hand, we had Ash vs. Evil Dead, mm. which was a, the TV series, which was a continuation of Army of Darkness, which followed the tone of Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. So- they're over there doing their own thing, and then meanwhile, they're trying to do like a more gritty, grounded thing in the movie space. But Sam Raimi, of course, is still on as a producer for these movies, so I guess he's behind it. But how long can they keep doing the same thing over and over for? I mean, Bruce Campbell certainly isn't in the same shape he was back in Evil Dead 2. Well, he, he's not. He's involved backstage, but he's not involved. That's right. He's a, a producer character. of this movie we're here to talk about this week. But yeah, he. I don't think he's really interested in playing the same character. No. <laughs> Again, and I don't think new audiences would buy him as a hero these days, since he's probably too old and too overweight to really be convincing as he's, a leading. He's not <laughs> that overweight. No, he's not that bad. But you know, once you hit a certain age, it's kind of hard to avoid the dad bod. Yeah, and and also that they've already made that joke. You know, he's a, he's yeah. the old hero. They did that in the TV show. Ash so versus it's like, Evil Dead. Yeah, you can't keep doing that. So. By the way, last week I said that there was only two seasons of Ash versus Evil Dead. That was incorrect. I've only seen two seasons. Okay. There's three seasons. I didn't watch the third season, which is probably why. It was cancelled. I don't think anyone was watching in the third You were season. the one viewer. No, actually, yeah, I heard maybe. that show was actually popular. It was a good show. We'll get to our histories in a sec. But, of course, there's a whole bunch of Evil Dead video games. Of course, I think Fistful of Boomstick was one that came out in the mid-2000s, I believe. That was one I, I remember so. playing. I remember that one. I think there's around a total of 10 Evil Dead video games. One only came out last year. I've played it. It's not too bad. Nice. It's one of those sort of generic... Remember, they did the same thing with Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's like... A multiplayer game where everyone is playing as heroes and then, like, there's one villain who's chasing around who's sort of overpowered and killing everybody. It's yeah. one of those sort yeah. of team tactic games. Now, of course, there's a whole series of Evil Dead comic books as well. I believe Ash was versing Freddy and Jason in one run, which would have been an awesome that movie, by sick. the way. And, of course, there's two stage musicals. <laughs> Which I had no idea really? about. Actually, I knew about the original Evil Dead musical. It only came out a, a handful of years ago, but they did a follow-up to it as well. That's a great idea. Apparently, it worked really well. Nice. So, I've got to ask, what is your history, Matty D, with the Evil Dead franchise? Oh, boy. Um, So, I don't really have much of a history. I'm just going to be completely honest here. Yes. You introduced me to the movies. I think we had a few beers. We definitely watched the third one and the second one. And I think- 
pieces of the first one. Mm, I've only ever seen the first one once, so I doubt we would have watched it okay, together. Ma- maybe not then. Um, I've definitely seen pieces. Because I first remember one. you were around at my house one night, uh-huh. and Evil Dead Three, well, Army of Darkness, was on TV. Was and it? we definitely watched it together. I remember that because I was really surprised because the version we watched had a completely different ending to the one that I had on DVD. Oh, did it? So if you remember, at the end of the movie, he does a spell to go back to his own time, but then ends up waking up years in the future. So he wakes up in sort of like this dystopian, destroyed world, <laughs> and he's just left screaming to the heavens as we see like the the ruined cityscape in front of him. But in my DVD version, he actually goes back to his regular time and oh. gets a, a job in a department store, Smart. Yeah, and that that's the that's the canon ending. That's right? the canon ending because yeah. that's where the TV show continues from. That's right. But the version you and I watched on TV was the alternate version, which I'd never seen before. I'd only ever heard rumours of it, but that was my first time actually seeing it, so I was very excited. <laughs> but sorry, this is your this is your history. Yeah. So, you've seen Army of Darkness. So, I've least. seen Army of Darkness. I'm pretty sure I saw the second one. I mean, I, I know about this series and I know about Ash just through pop culture, I guess. Yeah. And well, we're not here to talk about Ash this week, unfortunately. No, no, no. So, but it's just it's just a series that always escaped me. I think it would have been a series I would have enjoyed, but I never really had much to do with it. And it's kind yep. of hard to get into it at this stage, unless you you know you watch Evil Dead Two and really like it, and then uh, just absorb all the other material. <laughs> Maybe. And I watched for this episode. I watched the most recent movie. The most oh, you recent- watched the 2013 one. Yes. So I watched the first bit of it, and then I was like, okay. I get where this is going. Not saying it was a bad movie, not saying people couldn't enjoy it, but I was like, I kind of know what's going to happen here, and I just like kind of switched off. I wanted so to you get- saw like how they were taking this- uh, Was she addicted to heroin? Yeah, she was addicted to heroin, I think. She was- and they were taking her there as sort of like a rehab slash- Yes. Uh, what do they call it? Intervention. Yeah. It doesn't go well for them, let's just say that. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty obvious, but- yeah, I was like, okay, I get the I get the vibe here. I can move on. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So you watched the first fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. You were too scared to continue, obviously. I wasn't a, scared. That was a very full on movie, that twenty thirteen remake. Was it? Yeah. Uh. There's a lot of intense stuff in that movie. And it looks like they're continuing that trend with this movie too. So this isn't necessarily a sequel to that. It's just sort of in the same universe. So I kind of get the feeling that it's almost like Twilight Zone, kind of like it's all happening in the same universe, but the story's not related. That's right. So the first three movies are all directly connected to each other. In fact, no, that's not true either. So <laughs> Evil Dead 2 actually retcons a lot of the first Evil Dead movie. So they didn't actually have the rights to use any footage of the original Evil Dead movie in Evil Dead 2. Okay. So they literally just refilmed the whole movie and just did it in a nutshell and put it at the start of Evil Dead 2. Right. So you don't even need to watch the first movie to understand what's going on in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness because they just redo the first movie in the first first 15 minutes of <laughs> Evil Dead 2. So even the original Evil Dead isn't really that canon. <laughs> right. So that, that must that, that might weird? be that might be why I thought I saw the first movie because I got a recap of it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like watching two movies if you think about it. Well, less tree rape in that Evil Dead 2 movie though, mind <laughs> you. That's strictly in the first movie. <laughs> what now, about your history? My history with it is quite interesting. I actually this was a franchise that I got into when I was quite young. I think I was maybe 13. Great time and to get I, into the franchise. I started with the first movie. I started with the original Evil Dead, and I didn't really think much of that movie. So I was familiar with like the concept of the movies at that point. So when I was growing up, Army of Darkness was a big movie. It was a movie that everyone was talking about. I remember seeing ads for it on TV. Yeah. And so I was familiar with what the Evil Dead movies had become and who the character of Ash had become. So, of course, you know, the chainsaw wielding. He's got a hand that's a chainsaw. Yeah, we haven't said that. With one-liners like Duke Nukem. (laughs) 
But that first movie isn't really that at all. So Ash is like he's like the final girl in the movie. He's the only one who survives. Yeah, and he's just a normal dude that's yeah, kind that's of scared right. of everything. That's right. He's sort of like the wimpy guy in the movie. Yeah. But then when they did Evil Dead 2, they completely changed that about his character. So when I watched Evil Dead 2, I'm like, oh, this is much more what I was expecting. And I thought that movie was awesome. It's a it's a movie that I still like to put on from time to time. And of course I enjoyed Army of Darkness as well. Thought that was a pretty fun, campy movie. Didn't think it was as good as Evil Dead 2, but there's a lot of jokes in it that I laugh at. It's got a charm to it, certainly. It certainly has a, a, like a it, charm to it. It knows what sort of movie it's It's being. a capital M movie. You look at the front <laughs> poster, you look at the front cover of the DVD, you look at the poster for the movie. It's so over the top, there's no way you can go into the movie expecting anything less than what they give you. And I've played a handful of the games as well. Haven't read any of the comics, certainly haven't seen any of the stage musicals. <laughs> But yeah, it's a movie franchise. Oh, and of course, I watched the 2013 movie last year. Didn't really think much of that one. No. The only thing that stuck out to me as memorable was that it was very gory. That's about it. I remember a lot of people vomiting blood. Did you think it was a scary movie or do you think it was pretty tame? Well, I've seen a lot scarier movies than that, but it just was standard sort of of the time. Almost torture porn in a way, but not really torture porn. It was just over the top gory horror movie, which I've seen more of those than I think you've had hot breakfasts, so... (laughs) I've had a lot of hot breakfasts. So let's get into talking about Evil Dead Rise. Believe it or not, the movie was actually originally intended to be released directly to HBO Max as like a video on demand title. But then when they did a test screening of it back in, I think, 2021, maybe 2022, it was so well received by the audience. They're like, you are joking that this is just going straight to streaming. Wow. This has to go to cinemas. It's too good not to be in cinemas. And of course, the producers were like, well, shit, we better release it in cinemas <laughs> then if it's this well received. But like, it was phenomenally well received. And so they're like, well, sorry, HBO Max, we're going to theaters with this one. So we might have had this in October last year on HBO Max, but instead we're getting it in cinemas now. In fact, it's in cinemas right now. So <laughs> I'll be dragging Matty D to it straight after this. Yay. So what do we know about this new movie so far? Yeah, we've got about three or four trailers for this movie. Um, it shows, I guess it's showing the relationship of two sisters that seem to be estranged. Yeah. Uh, reuniting with each other and one of the sisters meeting the other sister's family. And of course, the Book sure. of the Dead gets involved and all yep. sorts of chaos ensues. So we in the universe a- of Evil Dead, we haven't really explained this. So the whole thing revolves around the Necronomicon, aka the Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you read the passages of the Book of the Dead out aloud, it causes demons to possess people and create beings known as deadites. Mm -hmm. So, when people are possessed by the evil, as I like to call it, they become what's known as deadites, which are sort of like screaming, crazy demon people. Yeah. But yes, sorry, I trampled your your wonderful uh, summary there. (laughs) Thank you. The only other thing that uh, we have going into this movie is we've got a- a scene of the movie, which they're yeah. around a dinner table. So, that was really helpful to get the dynamics yeah. of the family and get people's names. That was really I helpful. I think I got most of my plot from that one scene. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So, yeah, that's what that's all we know so far. It looks yeah. like it's going to be a story about, you know, a mother, a mother's relationship with her kids, a mother's relationship with uh, the auntie, the sister. And- The mother gets possessed gets, by she demons. gets possessed by demons. That's all we really need to know. They're going to have to fight against her. Now, I do actually have a synopsis for this one from the official website, so it goes as follows. Moving the action out of the woods and into the city, Evil Dead Rise tells the twisted tale of two estranged sisters, exactly as you described, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. As I mentioned, that's from the official website. Now, straight off the bat, I've got to say, looking at the promotional material for this and then reading sort of like that summary, 
This movie reminds me a lot of the plot of the movie Demons 2. Okay. I think it was directed by Umberto Bava. It was an Italian sort of giallo movie. And that movie is about an apartment building that ends up being uh, overrun with people possessed by demons. Interesting. So, demons actually come out of the TV. So, it's a sequel to the original Demons, Demonies, as it's called in Italy. And that's about people who watch a movie and then the demons come through the movie screen and possess people. In Demons 2, same thing happens in an apartment building rather than a movie theatre. Demons come out of a TV, possess a girl like a spoilt girl whose birthday it is, uh, and chaos ensues from there. It looks very similar. So, the same apartment building setting, same Mm -hmm. woman sort of getting possessed. I don't know if they're going to come through the TV. I can guarantee you they won't. But, yeah, I'm getting a lot of vibes from that. So, I think they may have been inspired by that movie. If not, I'm going to call ripoff. They surely would have been called out by it by now. Yeah, I'm sure other people have noticed the similarities, but I just haven't noticed any word from the director or the filmmakers themselves saying that there's any connection or any inspiration there. I think it's worth pointing out. Maybe they are trying to do like a direct comparison to it, but yeah. I haven't read anything official that said that otherwise. Maybe it's just sheer coincidence. Maybe they'll ask the director and he'll be like, what? Demons 2? Never heard of it. (laughs) So, let's talk about who's in the movie before we dive into our plot. So, I don't know any of these actors, maybe. No, I I have no clue who any of these people are. This is my first time seeing any of these actors before. So, I'm just going to breeze over who the actors are and which characters they play. So, playing the character of the estranged sister slash aunt Beth is Lily Sullivan. And playing her sister Ellie, who is the the mother who gets possessed in the movie, is Alison Sutherland. And playing their son Danny is Morgan Davies, who's an Australian actor. Great. Representation. Bring it. And then playing the middle child Bridget is Gabrielle Eccles. And finally playing the youngest daughter Cassie is Nell Fisher. Cool. Cool. (laughs) New faces. Um, I'm surprised they just didn't get Chris Pratt to play all the characters <laughs> with on. Hey, he did a good job. The boy did a good job. He did a passable job. Uh, I wouldn't say he did a good job in Super Mario. Uh, he surprised people. He wasn't as bad as people were expecting, but still. There's a few surprises as far as voice acting is concerned. Yeah, we but can talk about anyway, that in the future. Yeah. On to this movie. Um, yes. And I think it's fair to say up front as well, if this is your first time going into an Evil Dead movie, I just want to give a content warning for both of Matty D and I's plots because we're going to probably describe some pretty intense stuff. So, if you're at all squeamish, even listening to people describe stuff that's kind of uh, icky, I'd probably suggest, I don't know, maybe skipping this episode or just be prepared. Or just be brave, for God's sake. Yeah, be prepared that we're going to be talking about some intense stuff this episode. Nothing too intense, but I'm guessing it's probably going to get a little bit gross. Hmm? So, Manny D, I went first with the Super Mario episode. Do I have to go first? That means you have to go first this time. (laughs) I don't want to. Okay. From what I understand, you don't have a long plot. No, I don't. So, I'll speed through this because I don't really know what's happening with this movie at all. Oh, I kind of do. I I, I think I'm- I don't think it's that complicated, to be honest. I think I got a vague idea, but it's just- (laughs) This movie's not for me. All right. So, I could tell you that from frame one. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the big horror movie guy. So, yes. And it's not the sort of horror movie that you'd even probably- No. Lean towards watching. No. No, not at all. So, I am going to say that this movie has to start with a scare, and I think it's got to start with a scare with unrelated characters. Yeah. I feel like- And when when I, when you were discussing sort of the history and whatnot, I kind of thought, well, maybe we'll be introduced to the Book of the Dead, maybe in a shop somewhere. But what, what I originally- In a shop. Okay. In a shop, yeah. No. But what I thought- A bookshop. What I thought, and this, this is probably going to be wrong, but what okay. I thought we might do is the setting of In the Cabin is such, such a huge part of- the series that I think yeah. we're going to start in sort of a similar setting just to okay. ease us into the apartment setting. So, I think it's going to start with a bunch of scouts. 
Okay. Running like away. Boy Scouts. Yeah, Boy Well, it could be girl guides. It could be like a collection of people running away from a, uh, you know, one of the guidance counselors, one of the scoutmasters who okay. is being possessed. As per usual, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just completely unrelated to any Book of the Dead shenanigans. <laughs> ah! Yeah, maybe that's the gross stuff we were, we were warning about. Yeah. No, um, it's, you know, the the council's going to be possessed by a deadite, going to be like all like dripping with screaming stuff and, and floating and floating. Yeah, running after them. They're all sort of screaming. And uh, what's going to happen is that the scouts are going to manage to sort of bring their, their scoutmaster, their guidance counselor into like a trap that like, you know, rope ties around his uh, ankle. It's like a snare trap. Yeah. Oh, cool. Goes up. It was originally for like a bear or something like that. I don't know. No, you don't, you don't trap bears like it was that. The, it was the lion from Beast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they eventually light him on fire. Oh, uh, Jesus. And that's going to be our introduction to this idea that, you know, these deadites exist. Now. We're going to jump to a different location. Mm-hmm. Beth is going to arrive on a rainy day from a cab. Uh, she has a whole heap of luggage. This is our kind of hero. Uh, a prediction just based on the trailer alone is her acting is going to be awful. Now, I would okay. be happy. I didn't, I didn't think she was that bad in I'd, what I saw, but I'd you know. be happy to be proven wrong, but if it gives me a bonus point in the future, I okay. predict that Maddie D and Kieran will both say she is annoying and grating through the whole movie. Okay. I guess we'll see. So, she heads to a Los Angeles apartment. Uh, where she is greeted by a family. She meets the three children, Danny, Cassie, and Bridget. Mm-hmm. Now, just a little bit of a character summation of these children. Bridget's going to be the responsible level-headed one. Sure. She's going to be she's like- the middle child, right? Yeah, she's yeah, going to okay. be like the the adult, I guess. She, she's, she acts more grown up than what she is. Cassie will be the youngest one played for cuteness factor, and Danny will yep. be into macabre stuff. Okay, fair enough. The kids will embrace Beth and be excited to see her. And Ellie will be looking on from the distance. She's like, okay. Anyway. We're estranged. (laughs) We're estranged. Yeah. We're going to see the dinner scene exactly like we did in the scene that was accessible to all of us. Okay. uh, Where it's revealed that Beth is a guitar technician, but her sister doesn't approve of this lifestyle and considers her an irresponsible groupie. And, you know. Which Beth finds insulting. Which Beth finds insulting, which, you know, she spends her time just following bands around the country and that's what she's been doing most of her adult life, and this is why she doesn't really get to see her sister or right. get to see her sister's kids. It's been a yeah. long time since they, they saw each other. So, there's going to be like a disconnect there between Ellie's- So, presumably, the kids have only seen their aunt maybe a handful of yes, times in the past. that's right. And it's been a long time since they've seen, okay. since they've seen her. So, yeah, it's going to be the, the comparison is Ellie's life is going to be, you know, classic, stable, you know, family life. Well, stable's an interesting word. While her- uh, sister is sort of more of a, you know, nomad. Okay. The kids will think Beth is cool and uh, Beth will give them all gifts, including a book she found at an antique store. Okay. Danny. And what is this book? It is the Book of the Dead. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, she's like, I found this really interesting book. It's wrapped in flesh and inked in human blood. Thought you might, you might find it interesting. Well, she's a cool aunt. She's a rock star. She's like, oh, I find this stuff. I don't personally believe in it, you know, because she says that in the trailer. But, like, you might okay. find it interesting because so I know- she gives it to Danny. She gives it to Danny. That's what Danny's into. Yeah, that's what Danny's into. And Danny's like, cool. A book of the dead. This is awesome. Uh, for a points, I'm just going to say it out out loud because it's in the trailer that she gives Cassie a badass rock star bracelet. Yep. And Bridget will get get something that is not age appropriate, just to show that it's a massive dildo. <laughs> no, like <laughs> okay. she thinks she, like a, a present that's younger than for her because she's oh, like, okay, out it's of like touch. a Barbie doll or something yeah, like that. Exactly, exactly. But she's too old for Barbie dolls. I like it. Yeah. Well, last time I saw you, you were into Barbie dolls. You've exactly. just grown so it much just, since then. It just shows that Beth is out of the loop. Yeah. 
they'll also discover, or we will, as the audience will also discover along with Beth, that Ellie, well, that the father has died. Ellie's okay. husband. Wow. We've okay. seen an awkward scene where she has like a mug for the father and it's revealed that no, he's, he's no not around. with us. And this is going to be- And they didn't tell her. No, it's going to be a very recent thing. Okay. So he's only died within the last couple of months. It's still a shock to the whole family. And Beth yes. hasn't been told. She's finding out here very awkwardly. And she's like, well, for your dad, I got you this. Oh, hold on. Why is everyone quiet? Well, that's going to be a huge conflict in this movie. It's going to be like, Beth's never been there for Ellie. Okay. So like, why would she be there for her now? Right. Okay. Of. Right. Oh, fair enough. I like it. Thank you. So she's a she's been a single parent. She's a single parent. Recently widowed. Yeah. And okay. when, when this gets discussed, Ellie will actually tell the kids to leave, I think she says, for pizza while she gives Beth this yeah. lowdown. Uh, after telling Beth this, they get into an argument about, oh, I already said this, why why uh, Beth has never been there for Ellie. So, there's going to be like a confrontation there. Sure. That night, Beth sees Danny looking at the Book of the Dead. Okay. She encourages him to read the Book of the Dead because she doesn't believe in spirituality okay. herself. She's like, go on, do it. It's not in English, but good luck. Do it. And, oh, they've got like a recorder. Hey. Is that what I saw in the trailer? Anyway, I don't it can care. be whatever you want it to I be. I don't care. They're just going to read it. They read the incantations, and while this is happening, Ellie is riding in an elevator and gets possessed by a deadite in a very graphic way. Her spine like cracks. She like okay. floats around and all sorts of crazy stuff. Much like the trailer, we are introduced to the deadite version of Ellie when she goes to cook breakfast, throwing eggs into a pan in a gra- very graphic way. Mm-hmm. It is clear that Ellie is different, and then she attempts to attack Beth and the children. The middle part of this movie will oh, be- wow. <laughs> Hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of that. Will be Ellie pursuing the family through the apartment. So, obviously, they're, go- they're not going to be safe in their own apartment. So, they're going to be going through every sort of apartment on so the they're way. going down the halls. So they're going to the neighbor's house. Yeah. So, they go to a neighbor's house. Can you hide us? And then they, you know, go in there and Ellie will manage to find her way through there, break in. This is just giving us body counts because they're going to systematically okay. kill a lot of the other residents. Okay. In fact, when at the start of the movie, we might be introduced to sort of odd characters here and there. We're just like, oh, yeah. this person lives across the road. Oh, this is the eccentric that we never see who has his door closed all the time. And these are going to be our body counts that sure. as they're going through. Um, That's a very sensible decision. Just mm. like in Demons 2. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Glad I'm on the right track here. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be very hard for them to escape the apartment in, you know, just in general. So, they will be like going in and out of other people's apartments while Ellie is pursuing and killing the other residents of the, of the apartment. So, yeah, they'll try to use the book to attempt to free Ellie's body. They're, they're not right, successful. Right, as in like reverse the possession. Yeah. And through the book, they're going to learn about what, what's actually happening. And so, the book's going to be used as kind of like how, a tool. How are they going to know this? The book's not in English. It was written before English was a language. They looked at the pictures. Okay. Well, this picture here seems to indicate. <laughs> it shows a demon leaving someone and then relieved. Yep. yep. So that must be it. That's it. I'll put two and two together. Yeah. They, they use their phones. to. Why are they using their phones, Maddie D, to call the police? They don't have their phones, Maddie D. Okay. The possessed mom, Ellie, <laughs> just threw all their phones out the window as soon as yeah. she was possessed. At family time, they all had to put their phones into a bucket and they don't have it anymore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's a good point. Why don't they just call the police? I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense. I think there's going to be a power outage that Ellie causes in the apartment Well, it makes building. sense in Evil Dead 2 because there were no mobile phones back then and they didn't have phone reception at the cabin. Evil Dead 3, he's in <laughs> medieval times. Ash yeah. vs. Evil Dead, they're traveling around doing their own thing. The police can't help. By yeah. the way, Samara Weaving was in uh, Ash vs. Evil oh, Dead. Oh, really? And that was my first time ever seeing her in anything. Okay. There you go. Nice. Sorry. Get my start on Evil Dead. Yeah. 
Anyway, so there'll be a scene where Cassie is hiding behind a door. They'll get she'll get separated by the rest of the family, and Ellie will attempt to attack her by trying to get her to open the door. Something we mm-hmm. see in the trailer, and there'll be another moment where uh, Ellie is found in a bathtub bathroom and sort of starts levitating and attacks her family. Uh, there'll be a moment where Beth thinks Ellie is dead. They think that they've managed to cure the demon, and Ellie is actually dead. Right. They have a line. So like the, bed. they recite something from the book, and like she drops dead. Ellie yep. drops dead. And, you know, they're like, oh, okay, she's finally at peace now. Yes. Yes. But it's just the demons. But it's a trick. Okay. It is a trick. Yeah. There's going to be a jump scare where they attack Beth. In fact, I, I think maybe it'll even be Ellie actually falls from a great height as well while they, okay. while they do that. And they're like, oh, the body can't recover from that. Right. Like she's when they're reading the line, she's floating up in the air yep. like she's Zool from Ghostbusters. Yes. And then she Dana from Ghostbusters. Or they push her. Just drops. Kush. Or they push her. Okay. They push you down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, Bridget will get infected by a deadite at some point, but they mm-hmm. manages to go from her body back to Ellie's body. I don't know if that's how they work. I had I kept getting con- contradictory information about how the deadites work. So no, the deadites can just possess as many people as they want. Okay, but it's it, like it's hard for them to leave the body unless that's right. Stuff happens. There's basically no way to get the deadites out of the body unless uh, day rises. So the deadites can't really be around during the day. Um, and there is a reversal spell as well in the, the Book of the Dead, but you have to know what it is and how to read it. So, the climax of the movie will be a face-off between the sisters, mm-hmm. uh, with them being on the roof. On the roof the, of the apartment building. I okay. had this idea that they would make their way down to the to the bottom of the apartment uh, oh. to get to the escape. That makes sense. But I'll tell you what's cool, fighting on an apartment okay. roof. What's cool? Being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the power well, actually, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so cocky. Who knows? Uh, the power of love will free Ellie from her possession. As in the Huey Lewis and the news song? Yep. They play that over loudspeaker. However, oh, the cool. dead-eyed appear in another host, leap for the sisters, and they will pin it down, uh, you know, pin the dead-eyed down using like a pole. Okay. What about <laughs> tent pegs? Yeah, they'll use tent yeah, pegs. They hammer tent pegs into its hands and feet. <laughs> and, and they'll flee from the apartment. They'll use gas. Light a flame and burn the entire apartment down. Everybody that is alive in the apartment is out, so no one's going to die. So, what happened to the children? They're with them. Okay, so all three children are all right. Yeah, all three children are all right. Outside, the police arrive as they watch the apartment complex burn. Ellie embraces her kids and her sister, and their relationship has been fixed. Perfect. We end on a happy note. We do. Wow. First time for an Evil Dead movie, I suppose. Well, Well, since Army of Darkness. That is my plot, sir. There we go. Not bad at all. Really? Didn't mind it. Oh. I don't think it's what we're going to see in the movie, but I think it was a good story. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, my plot is a fair bit longer than yours, so I think I'll dive straight into it. So, I think, quite like you, the movie's going to open deep in the woods. With no scouts, mind you. No Boy Scouts in my version. So, in true Evil Dead style, we have a long shot of the camera zooming through the trees before settling on a remote cabin. So, something they do in all of the Evil Dead movies, which is something I've always really liked, is you hear like this noise and you just see from the point of view of like the the evil as it's just gliding through the forest. That's cool. And in the original movies, what they did was they had Sam Raimi in a wheelchair holding the camera around like his ankles and someone else would get behind him and just push him really fast (laughs) and they just go through the trees and weave between them. But now, of course, with drone technology, you can just have like a drone do the shot and it'll be, it'll look, you know, even better. I kind of like that old school gorilla cinematography. Yeah, yeah, me too. But yeah, this is going to be a lot higher up. So, we're going to be higher up in the trees doing stuff that Sam Raimi could never do in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, so the, the as I just said, we have from evil point of view, zooming through the woods, we see a cabin and we settle on the cabin. But this cabin isn't the rundown shack from the previous movies, but a well-maintained A-frame. Here we meet three young adults on holiday, Caleb, Teresa and Jessica. Caleb and Teresa are relaxing on a lakeside dock 
and Teresa goes to check on Jessica, who has been sick in bed. Good job fitting these people in, by the way. Yes, I thought I had to. But upon entering her room, Teresa finds Jessica lying on the floor, clearly dead. Teresa rushes over to her friend in hysterics, but suddenly Jessica snaps awake and grabs Teresa by the neck. The two struggle for a few moments until Jessica rips off Teresa's ponytail, tearing her scalp off in the process. Teresa flees to Caleb, and Jessica follows, dropping Teresa's scalp on the dock. And this is where I think we'll cut to the opening titles. I remember that. I remember that scene (laughs) in the trailer now. It was such a stretch for me to work it in the movie. I'm like, how does this tie into anything else? I thought the same thing. I was like, how? And I'm like, we don't have time for them to be reading, like, the Book of the Dead either. Like, because I think that's just too much at the front of the movie. So, Mm. I think this is such a crazy idea. I think this is going to be a flash forward in time. So, I think this is taking place after the events of the movie. Oh. Meaning that they obviously are never going to contain the evil, you know, in the bulk of the movie. But we don't realize that it's a flash forward until the end of the movie. Maybe the woman who- I didn't work this into my plot. But you know how we see like a woman rising out of the lake? Yes. In the the trailer. I couldn't work out how that works into my plot. But if what if it was Ellie who rises out of the lake? Yeah. And we don't realize it at the time. Just because she's all beat up. And then, yeah, yeah, Ellie has gone from the apartment to- To the lake. And the evil is spreading. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, man. But given what happens in my plot, it may not make a lot of sense. But anyway, moving on. So, we cut to a rundown apartment in LA where we're introduced to our focus characters. We have a rundown and depressed mother. She's run down like the apartment building. She matches her environment, who is Ellie and her three children, Danny, Bridget, and Cassie. The apartment building they live in is due to be demolished in a couple of weeks, so the family is in the process of moving out. Now, the building was originally an old bank, and the apartments were built over the foundations decades ago. So, Danny believes that the ghost of the bank manager still haunts the apartments. This is something we see in that scene. Yeah. Because I was like, bank? Isn't this an apartment building? (laughs) Guess it used to be a bank. So, we also meet our lead character, Beth, who is visiting her sister's family after returning from an overseas trip. Beth works as a guitar technician for a popular rock band and has a soft rivalry with her older sister, Ellie. We're introduced to Ellie's youngest child, Cassie, as she happily cuts the head off her doll with a pair of scissors. <laughs> so, that's the, basically the first thing we see when we cut to the house. It's just a little girl, happy bedroom, and she just snips the head off her doll, and she's sort of singing a little song to herself. So, it's kind of off-putting, but there's a reason for it. Yeah. So, Cassie joins the rest of her family at the kitchen table, where Beth is telling everyone about her band's tour in Bangkok. Beth has given Danny a tattoo gun as a gift. Obviously, she bought it in Thailand. They're pretty cheap over there. Since he has an interest in becoming a tattoo artist, but Ellie doesn't approve of this at all. Danny and Bridget ask Beth a bunch of questions about weird Thai foods, and Beth notices that Cassie is attaching the doll's head to a stick. Cassie explains that the doll is called Starfany, and she'll use it to protect herself from the ghost that Danny says still haunts the building. <laughs> I finally got that now. <laughs> that, that joke just landed okay. for me. <laughs> Beth tells Cassie that there's no such thing as ghosts and gives her a bracelet, which she says is for badass rock chicks only. Cassie is thrilled with this gift and proudly shows it to her mum. So, we've already basically covered this in your plot, but uh, Ellie tells Beth not to turn her daughter into a groupie like she is and Beth is offended. Beth pulls out a novelty beer mug for Ellie's husband and the room suddenly grows awkwardly silent. Beth asks what the problem is and Ellie tells Danny to take the two girls out to get pizza. Once the kids start making their way down to the underground parking lot, Ellie tells Beth that her husband has run off with another woman. So that makes not, way more he's sense. He's not dead in my version. So, the reason that they're, they're so awkward about it is because this happened really suddenly. He was having an affair. Then he got found out and ended up leaving with the other woman. Beth comforts Ellie and tells her that she has something important too. She had a one-night stand in Bangkok. One night in Bangkok, there you go. <laughs> with a band member and is now pregnant. Oh, wow. Just as she says this, an earthquake hits the building. Everyone is startled, but nobody is hurt. So, they're thrown around a bit, but uh, no one is really like, no debris lands on anybody. Down in the underground parking lot, Danny and the two girls come across a hole caused by the earthquake, 
which leads into the old bank. Danny ventures into the bank where he's startled by a Jesus statue. Not to work that in from the trailer. So he's just walking around and then like, because it's been dislodged by, it was maybe hanging up on the wall, but because it was dislodged by the earthquake, it just drops down in front of him. So he's just strolling through this dark sort of debris of the old bank and then yeah. suddenly just Jesus appears in front of him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that would be great. Funny joke leading back to the humor of Evil Dead 2. We can only hope. So, Danny, <laughs> Danny finds an old safe that has popped open during the earthquake and looks inside, hoping to find some money. But instead is an old book wrapped in human flesh and inked with blood. This, of course, is the Necronomicon. Makes sense. They want to lock it up. Yes. So, alongside the book is a record, and Danny takes both the book and the record back to the apartment. In Danny's bedroom, both Danny and Beth wonder what on earth the book could be. They flick through the pages and see gory images of demons and torture and a strange language. Danny plays the record, because Danny's a trendy, uh, what is it, Zoomer, millennial, whatever generation he's from. He plays the record, and it contains a recording of a historian reading the strange language aloud. The Necronomicon suddenly flips open, pages, yeah, and the evil is summoned. We cut to the evil's point of view as it flies through the city and enters the apartment building. Just as it enters the building, Ellie walks into the apartment lobby carrying a box of clothes. So, remember, like I said, they're in the process of moving out, which is she's probably get, taking it down to like the, the charity bin. Right. She's like, oh, these clothes we don't need anymore. We don't need to burden ourselves with unnecessary clothing. Let me just take this down to the charity bin in the middle of the night as is standard. <laughs> and the evil violently pushes Ellie into the elevator, knocking the wind out of her. Wires burst from the elevator walls, constricting Ellie and twisting her body. And of course, we cut away. So, we cut back to the apartment where Ellie walks in calmly now twisted and possessed. So she's bleeding from where she was restricted by the wires on the ankles and on the wrists. And Ellie makes her way into the kitchen and creepily cooks some eggs while her blood drips into the pan. Her family approaches her from behind and Ellie begins to tell them about a dream she had where she wanted to kill them all and crawl into their bodies so they'll be together forever. You know, typical stuff. Typical family lovey-dovey stuff. So Ellie turns to the family and lets the pan drop to the floor. And for a moment, she seems to regain her humanity and cries out to them for help. But seconds later, she drops on the floor and crawls towards her terrified family, twisting and contorting unnaturally. So we hear like bones cracking, tendons popping. Ellie cries out, don't let them take my babies, before snapping back into a standing position. The possessed Ellie plays eeny, meeny, miny, mo with her family, pointing from one member to the other, before settling on Cassie. So she goes, eeny, meeny, miny, you. Right. And that's the one she's going to kill, or that's the one she's going to possess? Well, that's the one she's going to kill. Ellie leaps towards the youngest child, but Beth and Danny grab a hold of her and Ellie screams before dropping dead. They place her body in her bed and Danny takes the two younger children away and comforts them because, of course, they're going to be like, what the hell is going on? Why is mummy suddenly dead? And and Beth is here, yes. That's right. So Beth stays with Ellie's body, holding her hand and laments that she'll never be able to speak to her again. A fly lands on Ellie's eyeball and she blinks suddenly, staring at Beth. Both the fly and her sister are terrified. Holy shit. And flies away. Can we have some uh, POV for the fly? No, I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be fun. So Ellie says dead by dawn and attacks Beth. Their fight leads them to a bathroom where Beth drowns Ellie in the bathtub. (laughs) So she's dead again. But it's it's a classic line, dead by dawn, I have to say it. So as long as it's nighttime, the demons can run free. But as soon as dawn happens, they they have to wait until nighttime again. Right. So the only safety people have is when the sun rises. Okay. So the idea is the demons have to kill everybody before dawn. So thus, dead by dawn. 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 Beth returns to Danny, Bridget, and Cassie and tells them that they need to get out of the apartment. Cassie, understandably traumatized, asks Beth, what if what happens to mum happens to us? Beth promises that won't happen. 
But as they go to leave, they find that the neighbours have also been possessed and prevent them from leaving. So the neighbours, like, come out of their apartments, they're wandering around the hall being really menacing, saying crude things. So with these deadites, uh, is, is Ellie infecting the other ones, or is this just- She can, but the evil can basically go where it wants. Okay. So locking themselves inside the apartment, the family are distracted by sounds coming from the bathroom. Little rubber duck noise. <laughs> little singing. splashes. She's rubber singing in ducky, there. you're the one. You make evil lots of fun. Ellie crawls out of the bath and tells Cassie that mummy's with the maggots now before leaping onto the ceiling and screeching. Her scream causes glass to shatter and the bathwater boils just because it's pure evil energy emanating out of her. Ellie leaps on Danny and breaks his neck, killing him instantly. Goodbye, Danny. Danny is dead. Beth fights against Ellie yet again, and this time she forces her out of the apartment into the hallway. And of course, locks the door behind her. You're killing children here. Oh, wow. absolutely. This is bold. I think you have to. Beth realises that it's the book that has brought the evil deadites upon them and decides to investigate the recording further in case there's information on how to banish the demons. So she intelligently chooses to listen to the record with headphones on so no more passages are accidentally read aloud. (laughs) In the trailer, they make it look like she's just listening to music while all this chaos is going on, but I'm like, why would she be doing that? It's just something dramatic they can do in the trailer while K. Sarah Sarah plays. (laughs) Like, we haven't heard that song overused in a million movies on this show. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cassie hears her mother knocking on the front door and peeks at her through the peephole. Ellie tells her to open up now, but Cassie says she doesn't look too good anymore. Ellie smiles and says, nothing a big old kiss from you won't fix. Cassie unlocks the door and Ellie instantly reaches in and grabs her, but of course the chain is in place so she can't get through the doorway. So Cassie slams the door shut again and Ellie bashes on it, screaming the entire time. She doesn't have to worry about disturbing the neighbours, they're already disturbed. Cassie hides and Ellie smashes the door down. She leaps on Bridget and threatens to gouge her eye out with Danny's tattoo needle, which of course Beth gave him earlier on. Bridget turns her head to avoid the needle and it cuts into her cheek. Ellie offers to kiss it better and grossly sticks her tongue into the wound. Bugs crawl out of Ellie's mouth and onto Bridget's face and Bridget becomes possessed as well. Okay. Beth is still listening to the record and just as she's about to get to the part where the historian is explaining how to reverse the possession, Ellie creeps in behind her. So we as the audience, of course, are like spider walking up the wall behind her. Mm. It's a creepy scene in the trailer. (laughs) Yes. Beth sees Ellie's reflection in the window and turns around just as Ellie attacks her. The two struggle yet again and Beth manages to throw Ellie out the window. (laughs) Hey, so long, gay buzzer. (laughs) That'd be great. Beth runs into the kitchen to save the two girls where she finds a possessed Bridget chowing down on a wine glass. As Bridget swallows chunks of glass, they pierce through her throat. So I can't see her recovering from this too well. (laughs) So Bridget attacks Beth, using a cheese grater to brutally slice up her leg. In a scene that made me wince in that trailer. Did you see that bit? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty graphic. They didn't show too much, but just the impact of the cheese grater landing on the leg. I was just like, oh boy. Because that was on the red trailer, right? Yeah, the red band trailer. Mm. So there was two trailers. There was the green band trailer and then the red band trailer. And oh boy, that red band trailer. That red band trailer, man. Oh. Beth smacks Bridget with a spatula and uses a gas stove to set the girl on fire. So she's dead. Bridget is? Yeah, deader than she was before. So we've got one child left. Yeah, only Cassie. And one Beth left. That's right. So Beth finds Cassie hiding under her bed and tells her that they'll be able to get out of the apartment alive. Cassie tells Beth that she'll make a good mother one day since she already knows how to lie to kids. (laughs) Beth and Cassie make a break for the elevator, avoiding possessed neighbours as they go. They travel down in the elevator and the possessed deadite neighbours jump on top of the elevator and attempt to crawl in through the maintenance hatch. Like their arms are sticking through and trying to grab them. Beth keeps the deadites at bay, who in turn vomit blood into the elevator. When the elevator arrives in the lobby, the doors burst open with a wave of blood and Beth and Cassie stagger out. Wow, Makes how much sense. blood did they have? They're just like, it just fills yeah. up the entire elevator like it's The Shining. Yeah, it did look like The Shining, though. I was like- I think it's a reference to it. Right. Beth and Cassie make their way to the underground parking lot, but just as they're about to get into Beth's car, Cassie is grabbed by Ellie and dragged away. So Ellie, of course, turns up again. 
all beaten up from her fall and just drags her underneath the car. Two deadites, one of them being a possessed Danny. So Danny is back. Okay. Maybe with his head backwards. <laughs> I'm imagining like Ellie grabs his head and just goes, <laughs> turns it 360, like what happened to that woman in uh, Army of the Dead. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. So he comes back with like his head backwards. And so they grab Beth and try and force her into a wood chipper. But Beth fights back, kicking Danny into the wood chipper himself. So he comes spraying out. <laughs> So, Beth breaks into a storage area and finds a chainsaw, as is standard hey, in these movies. Nice reference. Beth confronts Ellie, who attempts to trick Beth yet again by seeming to be unpossessed, but Beth isn't buying it anymore and chops her to pieces. Ellie says, I'll swallow your soul. So, like her severed head says, I'll swallow your soul, before Beth finally cuts her head in half with the chainsaw. So, she's long gone now. So, Beth collects Cassie and the two drive out of the parking lot. Now, just as we start to relax, Cassie reveals that she is now possessed and attacks Beth as we cut to credits. Oh, the end. And that's my Evil Dead Rise movie. Nice. No happy endings here. Nice. And possibly it starts with a flash forward is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. And then we find out that, you know, what happened at the lake at the start happened after the events of this movie. Mm-hmm. Makes it, maybe it's even Beth coming out of the lake. Yes. There's no way that it can be Ellie, can it? Because she or was Cassie, chopped up. Unless it's Cassie growing up. Well, uh, it's, it's clearly not yeah. Cassie. No. It, it could be Beth. That would be interesting. Let's just say it's Beth. Yeah, okay. Why not? I've changed nice. my mind now. Nice little round ending there. I literally came up with that whole thing on the, on the spot. <laughs> so, I'm sorry if it didn't make a lot of sense. But yeah, let's see if it happens in the movie. We can find out right now. So, you, the dear listener, do you have any idea of what might happen in Evil Dead Rise? Are you looking forward to this movie? Are you a fan of the Evil Dead franchise? Which one is your favourite movie? Do a ranking of all four. Yeah. Slash five if you've seen this new one. But don't tell us what you think is going to happen in it if you've seen it. Maybe we shouldn't ask people to predict movies that are already out. <laughs> no. Because there's no way that we could know if they're cheating or not. And then we just end up well, spoiling we, it for we ourselves. we trust our listeners. They're, yes. They're, they're trustworthy. They would never. Yes. So, let's just simply ask, are you excited to see Evil Dead Rise? Are you a fan of the 2013 remake and want to see another Evil Dead movie done in that style? Or do you prefer the classic Evil Dead and would just rather that Ash comes back again? Mm, Let us know. He's not coming back. I'm sorry. No, he's not coming back. Sorry to break it to you. He's in the new video game, but, you know, aside from that- Maybe they could bring Chris Pratt in as Ash. Yeah, that's a great idea. So, send us all your hate mail to potentialspoilerspod (laughs) at gmail.com, or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site, or you can hunt us down on our social media pages, which are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know any of your thoughts. Have you seen the movie already? Are you a fan of it? Did you hate it? Let us know anything. Send us a review. A review would be nice. Yeah, we'd love that. So, Maddie D, you must be relieved now. Yep. We're finally finished talking about people being possessed by demons. <laughs> yep. So, that leads me perfectly into what we're talking about next week. Of course, we're doing another installment of Actual Spoilers, where we go back and look at a movie we've covered in the past and see how close we got to predicting it. And next week, we're looking at The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. What's with these horror movies? Which is a movie all about people being possessed by demons and killing people. Yes. Um, it's a movie we watch together. We watch together. We have uh, opinions on that movie. Do we? I think so, yeah. Okay. I've uh, seen it twice now. Maybe I'll watch it for a third so, time. So, yeah. Let's watch it together. Again? Let's do that, yeah. Yeah, why not? We'll have a few drinks and we'll watch that movie together. Again? Well, we're going to repeat the uh, <laughs> our yeah. first time watching yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So, join us next week for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And until then, we got to kill as many people as we can before dawn. It is January 24th in the year of our Lord, 1923. And I, Father Marcus Littleton, shall now commence reading aloud the first of the spiritual resurrection messages. Kanda.